Hey everybody, this is Will DeMichaelis and Donna Baranye, and welcome to our most recent episode of Death Diner. Um, we have been talking a lot about different aspects of grief in our previous episodes, and we're taking a, a different approach to grief um, in discussing uh, end-of-life values in terms of what you as a person value at the end of your life and what questions you should be asking and prioritizing as you think about it. So Don and I are gonna take a lot of this episode to walk through a values worksheet together and walk you through with us as we answer the same questions that you would see if you were to go through it. Um, Donna, say hi. Hi. <laughs> We're, I'm really excited about this because I think this is a really cool exercise in understanding what you prioritize mm -hmm. as a human. Yeah. Um, and a good discussion piece to kind of think about what's important to you. So we're gonna read through the value sheet and uh, take you with us. The following are questions to think about as you make decisions and prepare documents for your healthcare wishes. You may wanna write down your answers and give copies to your family and healthcare providers, or just use these questions for thought and discussion. How important to you are the following items? Number one, on a zero, not important, to four, very important, how important is letting nature take its course? You want to start? How do you answer uh, that? For me, that would be a four. I think it's important for me to let nature take its course because, spiritually speaking, because that's my background, is... I trust that nature is going to do what it needs to do, and I want to let it take its course. doesn't mean I'm not going to make other decisions depending on the situation, because mm -hmm. that's something else I want to take into consideration is what's the situation I'm faced with before I make a decision on each individual's idea or incident that's happening or experience I'm going through. Yeah, I agree. We were talking a little bit before we got started. Um, when I first read this question, it kind of made me wonder, it depends on the situation I'm in. Um, I would say for me, it's a one, because um, I want, I come from a very kind of defensive position, I think initially, and I would, while I understand that nature takes its course, um, I still want to approach it with kind of a fighting attitude mm -hmm. initially. Um, that's just kind of how I take that question. Um, so I think for me right now as, I don't know, a young adult, mm -hmm. I, I answer it as a woman. Yeah. Um, I think it's good to, to notice that we don't have the same answers because it's going to affect us differently. So even if families are having these discussions, they might might answer them differently and that can lead to an even deeper discussion as to finding out how someone's really thinking about it and what their thought process is. Same with age because, you know, I'm older than you are and <laughs> I've had other life experiences so I might have a different answer than if I were asking my 27 year old self than my 49 year old self so I think it's important to remember that when you're talking to your family and friends that people are at different phases in their in their life so they might look at these questions differently good 
Um, preserving my quality of life. This is a big four. Mm-hmm. I, I maintain. I think I tie physical activity and physical ability and mental acuity with quality of life. Mm-hmm. So if that were to vary in any way or decline, mm-hmm. it would be it would be devastating to me. So this is a really big one for me. It's a big one for me too. I want quality over quantity. Yeah. I've often said if I'm hospice appropriate and I love chocolate ice cream, please stop giving me the green beans. Give me the ice cream so I have the quality of life. It might shorten my life by a couple of days and I'm okay with that because I get to enjoy that time. Absolutely. Staying true to my spiritual beliefs and traditions. That one's a big four for me. Because of my background in chaplaincy and ministry, my faith is very important to me. So I'm hoping that my spiritual beliefs are honored. Even if I can't, I'm not being conscious or something like that, I definitely want my spiritual beliefs to be um, honored. And I would definitely stay in tune with those. This is a one for me. Um, I'm not particularly religious, so this is not something that I feel anyone in my family would need to worry about mm-hmm. in terms of protecting me from. Mm-hmm. So I think honestly for me, this is this is a one. And I think this one's a big one for families because not all family members have the same faith beliefs. Mm-hmm. You might have family members who have various faiths or no faiths or a combination and there can be struggles in there. Yeah. Um, so I think that's why it's important to have that conversation so everyone knows. Yeah, if you put a four, don't yeah. mess with me, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, exactly. And I'm, exactly, but I'm hoping that I've, you know, explained that to someone because they might not understand what I mean by that. So yeah. again, it's important to have that conversation. Just like Will's a, a one or a zero, um, mm. I, mean, I can't remember you a one, one. Yeah. Um, which would mean I'd want to be able to respect, let's say if he was in my family, I'd want to respect his wishes and not impose mine on him, Yeah. if that makes sense. No, absolutely. This is, this is a big exercise in reciprocity and respect mm-hmm. as, a, as a person, you know? Let's see. Living as long as possible, regardless of quality of life. That's a zero. Zero. <laughs> Hard zero. No way. But I can tell you that would be different. When my daughter was younger, that would have been a four. Why? Because... Um, I've noticed over the years, I did my first advanced care directive in my 20s, mm-hmm. and I noticed it was different than when I redid it after I had my daughter. Okay. And then I changed it again when she hit her 20s. Okay. And so what was the change when she was born? When she was born, I changed it from just allow me to pass to do everything you can, even if I'm on life support. And okay. All I, right. Respect. And that was me wanting to try and hopefully have a miracle so that I could still be there for my daughter. Yeah. I'm not saying it was the right decision, but in looking back, but that's how my mindset was when my daughter was born. And so that's also something to realize um, that that can change. Because at first I was like, just let me go. I don't want any miraculous things, no heroic measures. And then I realized, but if there's a possibility, even if it's slim, that something could change or a miracle could happen or a cure could be found, I wanted everything done so that I could still be here for her. Yeah. And then 20s. And then in my 20s, I was, just let me be. I don't want to be on life support. I didn't want any of that. I've now since changed my mind. 
okay. now that my daughter's in her 20s, but um, because she's older, she's gotten through high school and well she's almost done with college. She's got yeah. a great relationship. She has, you know, people that could be there for her if I couldn't be. So I made that change and I had to update all my paperwork, yeah. you know, because you have to do that because they're going to look at that. If I can't tell them, they're going to look at the last paperwork I have. Yeah. And my decisions have changed. Yeah. Wow. So that's important to think about. And make those decisions quickly. Yeah. And write them down. And write them down. Yeah. Being independent. Four. Uh, I'm a three. Three? Yeah, I'm a three because I've realized that I need help on some things and a little bit of help is okay. I've made that concession. Um, but I wouldn't want um, complete assistant with mm. everything, but I'd be okay with some. Gotcha. I, th I think I'm adamant about keeping my, my independence yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, being comfortable and as pain-free as possible. Mm, I'm a three on that one. Because if being pain-free means I'm not going to be able to be awake and alert, I might want to be alert so that I can oh, see my friends and family. And I'm not in that space yet. If I really had excruciating pain, I might change my mind. Got it. But right now, I would be a little... I'm not sure on that one. That's that's a discussion one to continue. You brought up a phenomenal point. I answered too quickly. I'm with right now. <laughs> <laughs> just because I, I, I don't know. That's just the feeling I have. But I'm not there yet. You know, it's yeah. kind of like when I was in labor. No, I don't want anything in labor. Give me an epidural, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So I don't know. I, I, you know, at this moment, that's how I feel. That's good. That's a, that's a good. That's good reasoning. Leaving good memories for family and friends. That's a four. That's a four. I don't think there's anything more important. Because mm -mm. that's what I'm leaving behind when I die or yeah. when I'm no longer here is the memories. Yeah. That's my legacy. Yeah. It's not how much I have in the bank. It's not what kind of house I had or car I drove. It's the memories. Yeah. Making a contribution to medical research or teaching. I'm a three. I, I would, I like it in a, I don't want to say, in a research, from a research perspective, I like that not only my, my memories and love for my mm -hmm. family and friends, but my physical body did good mm -hmm. after, yeah, and lived on after I left. I don't know if I'm a three. Or a four. I do know many friends. I have one particular friend, and I know my mom. Um, have already made uh, plans and whatever for research on their body. One for his brain, and one for her body. Um, after they pass, and I really hadn't thought about it because I know I want to be an organ donor if I can. Mm. And I don't know if if one outlays the other. That's tough. Organ donation's tough because. Like, to be a transplant candidate, mm -hmm. it has to happen immediately. Mm. So it's hard to capture those people. Yeah. Um, One Legacy does a pretty good job with uh, corneas and a few other things, but they're at hospitals asking yeah. people.
people. I remember that as a hospital as a hospital chaplain. We had to help one legacy with that. And I would love my corneas to be donated because I'm blind in one eye, and to be able to have someone else be able to see would mean a lot. Absolutely. So I don't know if I'd have to make that decision between helping in research or trying to give someone a new chance at life. I haven't finished thinking that one through. Probably the best thing to do would be find a company, and I can actually mm -hmm. do this for you, that does body donation but has programs for eyes. Oh, that would be good. Yeah. So okay. they, they they a lot of the a lot of body donation companies work with multiple types of institutions to use as much of the donor as oh, possible. Okay. So they get maximum benefit. Yeah. So I think it's I think there's a possibility there to do to yeah. have your cake and eat it too. Okay. I like that idea cuz I you know like I said I, I have a good friend in high school whose father lived from a heart transplant. Um, that was donated, obviously, and I have another friend who had a son who got to live because he got a kidney transplant. Yeah. So I've I've had those experiences in my in my life where I've gotten to see friends and family benefit from that. Mm -hmm. um, and I think yeah. that's also part of my decision is Absolutely. seeing it on my side. Yeah, I haven't had that experience. That's wild. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Okay, being able to relate to my family and friends. How do you how do you read this? That one I'm not sure. How to relate to family? You mean relate with these types of decisions or life in general? I I don't know if it means having the ability to be physically like interact present. With them? Yeah. Um, no. Maybe relate in these discussions on if we're in agreement or not. Yeah, about about the reality of the about situation. About the reality of the situation. Yeah, that's kind of how I. Yeah. Yeah, maybe because these things are difficult to talk about. Yeah, and you'd want to put yourself in a position to to be as honest and mm -hmm. forthcoming to your your family. Yeah, that would be a three for me. That'd be I don't three or four, because I I don't want to go through it alone. And I think being yeah. able to relate to my family members helps me would help me not go through it alone. Yeah, I think I'd be a two or a three because I I don't know. Um... But I think it would be important to have this discussion, but not everyone's comfortable with it. Yeah. And I think I'd have to find a way to be okay with it if they weren't, and that would be a struggle. That's that's true. You have to be if you're gonna do this, you have to be open to that. That's a possibility. Yeah. You can't force it as much as you might like to. You can't force it. Yeah. Let's see. Being uh, free of being free of physical limitations. Ooh, that's tough. I'm going to say that's a three for me um, because depending on what's happening, there might be some physical limitations. And I think that would give me mental issues, emotional stresses, mm. because I'd like to be able to take care of myself as much as I can and be able to walk or get to where I need to be without getting tired or having to limit some of my activities. I think that one would be a hard one for me. Yeah. You bring up another good layer of the prompt that I didn't think about. I, I would say three as as well. Um, I it, I had a back injury that put major physical limitations on me for a couple of months and it changed the way I think about pain and also mm -hmm. something debilitating physically. Yeah. Um, I would 
try to maintain as much physical independence yeah. and, and as much as I could, but it just depends on the situation, honestly. I had to think about it. <clears throat> I'm blind in one eye since birth, and I had eye surgery, um, which put me in a position for a little while of not being able to do certain things, and I thought about what, ha what would happen if something happened to my other eye. Mm -hmm. Then I wouldn't be able to see at all. And there were physical limitations from there. For me, it's like, well, how would I walk down the street? I mean, I know I'd learn, you know, other ways to do it, but it kind of puts you into some perspective of things you take for granted. Yeah, that's at least for me. Yeah. Um, and I, I, so this one's a big one for me. I'd want to really think this one through and have a lot of conversations. I think. Yeah. Being mentally alert and competent. That's important to me. Yeah. And I think that's where I would give up being pain-free to keep my mental um, and uh, alertness and competency. I think I would give up the, the pain-free for that if, yeah. I, if I had to choose. Hopefully I wouldn't have to, but if I had to, I think that's what I would do. Absolutely. I agree. I, you want to be mentally present, especially time is critical. Yeah. You want to be yeah. there all the time yeah. or as much as possible. Um, so that's a four for me. Being able to leave money to family, friends, charity. That's important to me um, because it's not my entire legacy, but it's something that is important to me because I want to be able to give back. Mm -hmm. um, and I won't know if I'll be able to until that time because I don't know what will lead up to my passing, mm -hmm. my death. Will I need a lot of money for caregivers or medical stuff? Or, or whatever, so I can't make that decision right now, but I would hope I'd be able to. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a, three for you? Yeah. I think that's a four for me. I think, I don't know, I'm, and I think right now, um, I think that's an easy decision because I have no children to give mm -hmm. it to. So, you know, what are you gonna do with all of my assets but just spread it around? Um, but with a family, I definitely want to make sure that they're financially secure um, and to take care of institutions that mm -hmm. were important to me over the course of my life yeah. and provided a lot of stability and growth experience to me at formative years for mm -hmm. my life. So that is really important to me to be able to give back in those ways in particular yeah. um, at the end of my life. So that's a four for me. Yeah. I have two charities and then my daughter and my family. Yeah. that I have that I, at this point in my life, want to support. What are the charities? My church and OSHA. Really? Mm -hmm. Orange County School of the Arts. Interesting. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. They're the two places I hope to leave money to. That's awesome. What's your connection to OSHA? Just briefly. My daughter's a graduate from there. She went, oh. to, she went to school there. Awesome. And I cool. am a huge, huge poster parent for OSHA and what the gifts that they give these kids and the opportunities they give the students for a foundation and uh, an opportunity to explore uh, things that they want to do that they may not ever have an opportunity to do. Yeah. Um, you know, my daughter has a film and TV and a music and theater background, and she's a STEM student in college. That's awesome. Wow. And I really believe it was the, the foundation she got from OSHA that gave her the, um, the opportunities to do what she's doing now. So I definitely want to give to them. That's great. 
dying in a short time rather than lingering. Yeah, I wouldn't want to linger. That's the that's a three for me. Again, and that changed from when Megan was little, when my daughter was little. That's that's changed now. Yeah. Back then, I was okay with it because that meant I was at least on the planet a little bit longer. Now, no. Yeah. Uh, if I had to say so, I wouldn't want. It's hard on family. It's hard on friends. It's hard on the person who's dying. I yeah. wouldn't want that. Yeah, I agree. That's that's a. That's, I'm a between a three and four. It's. I don't wanna. I don't wanna be in any state of nuisance to to family members for any length of time i think that's interesting you say that because that's what a lot of families worry about are they're being a burden and yet i've seen families because it's been a longer process where they've had time for people to come in from out of state out of the country to say their goodbyes to have that opportunity to to mend relationships or or deal with you know other issues that they've had going on that they haven't had a chance to reconcile so there's a little bit to each side. Yeah, no, you're right. It, it, it depends on the timeline. So maybe I was a little quick on my answer, but I think it does. I mean, I don't want years, yeah. but I want maybe time to mend a relationship. Yeah. Or... I feel like a few months. Something, yeah. yeah. An yeah. opportunity to say goodbye. Yeah. Because I also think it's hard on families when they find out that someone is sick and then they die really fast. It's like no time to process. Mm. And I, I don't know if you see it with you, but I see it with me. Yeah, I do too. Um, I, yeah, I do too. Yeah. So, and I guess it's a personal decision too. Yeah. And sometimes we don't get a choice. We just get what happens. We just get what happens. And that's, it's difficult to accept it at times. Acceptance, yes. Yeah. Um, avoiding expensive care. Absolutely, if I possibly can. And it's very expensive. Mm-hmm. Whether you're at home with a caregiver, if you need one, or in a facility, it gets very pricey very quickly. Yeah. And I don't know if clinical trials cost anything, but there's a lot of medical treatments that insurance doesn't cover, so it's out of pocket, and that yeah. gets expensive, and it's hard. Yeah. And if you become debilitated in any way, mm-hmm. if you have to be at a facility, a yeah. nursing home. And if you don't have family that can help you for whatever reason or friends, it gets pricey. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's a really, really difficult thing to to talk about because uh-huh. it's, it's a re- it becomes a real problem. So. Yeah. And I think there's also a sense of, for the person going through it who might not have all the finances they're needed, I think there could be some guilt or shame on theirs, and that doesn't help the dying process either because they might inadvertently either ask themselves or have others ask them, why didn't you plan better? Why did We don't always know. Yeah. There's no, way know? To, yeah. there's no way of knowing, and it happens, you know, I think I'm hoping I'm at a ripe age of like a hundred when I pass, but I could be 52 and we're not thinking about these things at these ages sometimes. So that's hard too. Yeah. Judgment. That's the word I was looking for. They can feel judged. Yeah. Let's see. Okay. What will be important to you when you are dying? For example, physical comfort, no pain, family members present, etc. I would say, again, depends on the situation, but if I had a terminal illness um, with a prognosis of, let's say, six months, I think at that time, family members present, um, doing 
what pleases me, mm-hmm. um, makes me comfortable, makes me happy, um, whether that's food or maybe travel, whatever's available, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, and physical comfort. If I were in any pain, I'd want assistance in mitigating that pain. That That's, I think, in those are my priorities in rank order. Uh, for me, I'd want to be kept comfortable, especially let's say it's a terminal illness. I don't think I would want any kind of aggressive treatment if I knew I had six months or less because to me that's going to affect my quality of life. Yeah. I don't want to be sick from chemo or radiation or whatever. I just want to be kept comfortable, get to enjoy the things that I love. Please have my Rick music. Um, my family, but I'd also want to keep up with my faith beliefs and have people there to pray with me according to my beliefs, have uh, music that I that comforted me, um, and be able to do the things that I could still do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd want to either bring nature to me, I don't care if it's a CD, or be able to still go out to the beach or a mountain or a park or something, because nature is important to me, so I'd want... I'd want something like that, but more than anything, I'd want to just be kept comfortable and not um, keep trying to get better because I'm not going to mm-hmm. physically. So you you think you'd accept it really quickly and be able to prioritize mm-hmm. your remaining time as yeah. effectively and as yeah. best for you as possible? I think so. Yeah. Again, a different decision than I would have made 10 years ago. Yeah. How do you feel about using life-sustaining measures in the face of terminal illness, permanent coma, irreversible chronic illness or disability, for example, or Alzheimer's? Let me go. Please don't do anything aggressive. <laughs> Please. Yeah. It's yeah. Not, even if you heal my body, if I have Alzheimer's, I'm never getting better. Yeah. No, you're not. There's, so please let me be, have dignity and respect and let me pass comfortably. I know it's hard on families. Absolutely. I, I don't think I would feel the same way if it was my child or someone. I'd have to really be strong to honor their wishes because I'm hoping someone will honor mine. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I, I, I don't like the image of me being in a bed with tubes inside mm-hmm. me and not being able to do that on my own. Mm-hmm. And not being able to be alert or aware that other people are seeing me that way. Right. And that makes me very uncomfortable. And I Mm -hmm. don't want to live a life like that because that doesn't feel like me. Right. And that's not me anymore. It's not you anymore. So I accept that and would answer answer that way. As long as it's terminal. If there's a possibility that I'm going to get better, then at least for a trial period do something but if it's alzheimer's or a stage four cancer or i'm comatose and it's probably permanent just let me go comfortably i agree i'd I'd rather be maintain whatever quality of life Mm -hmm. i have up until that point but not not that for me do you always want to know the truth about your condition yes 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 that way I can make an honest decision. Is there a dementia provision for this, though? Like, Because uh, wouldn't that be a weird thing? Like, you mentioned your yeah, friend. Yeah. To, to redirect. 
I think I'd want to know the truth of my condition, but if I forget it because of my illness, don't keep reminding me. Yeah. So that's a caveat to that's that. That's a caveat. Um, please tell me, but don't keep telling me because it's going to be fresh news if it's a dementia or something like that, or it's a memory loss as part of the, whatever disease I have. Because mm-hmm. that's not, I don't want to feel that every time. And just so you know, listeners, the question we just read is a fill in the blank. So you actually have room to write any caveats or special wording regarding this topic to answer that question for you personally, just so you guys know. Yeah. All right, let's see what we got here. And just so you know, as you're going through these, you don't have to come up with your answer right away. You can think about it and write it out and talk about it and make changes. Absolutely. Before you like give it to friends or family or whatever you decide to do with it. It's always an option to start it as a discussion, not a decision to be made. Okay. Do you have strong feelings about certain medical treatments? Some treatments you might want to decide about include mechanical breathing, a respirator, CPR, artificial nutrition and hydration, antibiotics, kidney dialysis, hospital intensive care, pain relief drugs, chemo radiation, and surgery. It's a hefty list. That is a hefty list. Here, let's actually go, let's go through them. One by one. Breathing tube. Again, if it's a temporary, then yes. If it's permanent, same. Same, no. Uh, And it's also important for families to know that sometimes when they start it, it's even harder to make the decision to stop it. Yeah. That's why it's hard to make that decision. Did you, you've been... Mm-hmm. At... I've had to be there at disconnects from life support, and it's hard on families to have to make that decision because they're feeling like they're, quote-unquote, pulling the plug or, or ending their loved one's life when really nature's taking its course. We're just artificially keeping them alive, and it's hard to make that decision when it's time because there's the guilt factor there's this the the hurt part i mean absolutely this is someone we love our mom our dad our child our grandmother our aunt a close friend somebody that we love very much and that's a hard decision to make yeah cpr yes yes for me yes if i don't have dementia don't put me through that pain and break all my ribs and possibly puncture a lung if I'm not going to get better. Okay, fair. Artificial nutrition and hydration. Nutrition and fluid given through a tube in the veins, nose, or stomach. If it's keeping me... No, not if it's the only thing keeping me alive. I agree. If it's a temporary depending on the situation, but if it's the only thing keeping me alive, then I don't want it. Yeah. Antibiotics, fine with those. Absolutely, it's comfort. Kidney dialysis, oh man. That's a tough one. If I had to do it, I would, but I'd be very upset because I know it would make me lethargic long-term. Mm-hmm. So, but it can give you a lot of years. It can. And so, it, can. it can give you quality, not as much as without it. Again, I think it's going to depend on where I'm at and what's going on. And your attitude, Yeah. honestly. I mean, if, if I still have quality of life in other areas, then yes. But if it's the only thing keeping me alive and it's 
dialysis, home to sleep, dialysis, home to sleep, yeah, then I don't. But yeah. if I still have other quality of life and I'm still able to go out, I know people that go golfing and things like that and yeah. they're on dialysis, that's different. Yep, I agree. Um, hospital intensive care. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Again, if it's a temporary thing for from recovering from an acute injury. Yeah. Yeah. Um, pain relief drugs depends on the situation. If I'm in an excruciating pain and I'm not and I'm not gonna see family, mm -hmm. I'd like to be comfortable yeah. in my own solitude. I agree. Um chemo radiation, it depends the stage of the the cancer or disease. Yeah. Um Middle or late stages, I, it'd be a tough decision for me. Early stages, I'd be okay with it if, if I knew that there was high certainty that I'd be mm -hmm. all right Yeah. after. I also have a holistic slant to me. I like holistic uh, me medicine. Okay. And I would want that incorporated into any of my Western medicine care. Um, like what, for instance? Um, there's something called energy healing, like Reiki. I'd want something like that. I, I work with somebody who's um, holistic that I see her quite often, and I would want her consulted to hopefully provide support in addition to these things if I was in intensive care um, because that's part of my, my belief system that holistic heals. It's not for everybody, so if I don't talk about it, no one in my family is going to know because they're not into that like I am. Yeah. But I definitely believe in some of the Eastern... Um, modalities for health for health care okay. um, like acupuncture um, yeah. Reiki um, the other work that I the other work that I use so it's important to me but I would use intensive care as long as it's not keeping me alive and I'm not going to be able to function fair all right would your feelings about these treatments change depending on your health condition and prognosis would you want to avoid certain treatments only when death was certain or also when you would probably be left incapacitated? Would you want to avoid certain treatments if they were used only to prolong the dying process, but accept them if they were to alleviate pain? That, that I think, a big one. Yeah, I think we kind of addressed those in yeah. the last question. And I think a lot of those treatment options are dependent on the prognosis. And I... I would. I think we went through it, especially with the biggest one for me though is chemo and radiation. Depending on the stage of cancer, yeah. if I were to have cancer, that would be a big one for me. Putting poison in my body. Yeah. Um, and I hope I didn't throw you for a loop when I brought up my Eastern holistic slant because I, I it's very important to me to utilize Eastern and Western medicine. That's also part of my spiritual beliefs. Yeah, I. And not everyone is understanding or accepting of it. I'm always I'm always accepting of any approach as long as it makes you feel like you're taking the approach you need to take yeah. and have a better attitude mm -hmm. going through sure. your healthcare yeah. process. I would I'm, never like suggest somebody I know who's not open to it or um, encourage them because I know that's not their attitude isn't going to be open to it. But I'm hoping my wishes would be respected. Yeah. If I couldn't make those decisions for myself and someone new about the people I work with, the health, the holistic practitioners I work with, I would hope they would reach out and contact them. Even if they didn't believe in it themselves, they know I do, so it would help me. Yeah, yeah, and that's what's important. Yeah. 
What limitations to your physical and mental health would affect the healthcare decisions you make? Repeat that one. What limitations to your physical and mental health would affect the healthcare decisions you would make? I don't really understand it. Let's see. What limitations to your physical and mental health? Do they mean like if I have dementia? dementia yeah, that's how I'm taking it. Or any diagnosed with any type of other mental health issue. Yeah. So depression, acute anxiety maybe. Yeah. Schizophrenia, things like that. Um, Would physical be like some of the diseases like ALS where your body no longer is working but your mind is intact, which is almost like the, the opposite of dementia? That or... So you're kind of trapped in a body but your mind still works but your body doesn't? That you could also see um, there could be other physical damage to your to brain mm. um, that may affect your ability to make decisions mm -hmm. clearly, like any acute trauma or accident. That's true. Yeah. So um, if if I were if there were any acute trauma to my my brain, or if I had any mental health illness that. Uh, that would be a serious decision to, to talk about with my doctor and my family. Mm -hmm. um, so that, yeah. that's an interesting one. I'd have to noodle on. Yeah, because I know there's like aneurysms and things like that that can affect our minds if we live through an aneurysm rupturing. Yeah. Um, or stroke even. Or stroke or anything like that. Yeah. There's a lot There's a lot of things to think about. I'm hoping that's the one thing you're realizing as you're listening to this, everybody, is there's a lot of variables. And it's and you really, I'm going to encourage everyone to think them through for themselves because I think it's almost impossible to come up with a decision right away. Yeah. Uh, do you want to have finances taken into account when treatment decisions are made? I think I have to say yes, because yeah. I don't you know if I have any other options. If I can't financially pay for it, how am I going to yeah. get the, the services needed? I don't know. Hope for a clinical trial? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I would, I would want to take finances into consideration. Um, I can't I, say I, I, I honestly think that I'd be in a position where I'd, I'd be covered, so I don't think this is um, terribly applicable. Um, However, I do want to say I, I'm hoping I wouldn't make a decision because I didn't want to spend the money on my own health care so I could leave it for somebody. Yeah. I think that's, that's my catch-22. Yeah. As much as I want to leave something for those two charities I talked about, and my family, especially my daughter, I don't want to also not take care of me. Yeah. And I think sometimes there are people in that stage who give themselves the either or decision. And I don't want to encourage that. Yeah. Do you want to be placed in a nursing home? I'd be okay with that. Really? Interesting. It wouldn't be my first choice, but having yeah. seen... This is, do you want? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. What part about it would you, what, the, what are the pros that would make you say yes, like relatively easy, easily? I think it would be easier on my family mm -hmm. that I'm not needing, you know, constant care. I mean, there's certain types of care that 
I'm not sure I'd be comfortable having my family provide mm -hmm. and having a stranger might might be easier on everybody um, but I think would I want to be I want it as a last resort but I would not be um, angry about it or uh, hope my family wouldn't feel guilty for making the decision if they had to I guess maybe that's where I'm coming or like from. even bringing it to your attention as, yeah. as putting it on the table you yeah. would, it, it's open for discussion it's open and, for and you're discussion. not going to be because there are some people rightfully so in, in certain cases that get angry when it's even brought up because Absolutely. They, it's a fear of dependence yeah. or you know not wanting to yeah. move and what for various yeah. reasons and i've worked with their family members after they've passed dealing with guilt from having to do it for financial reasons for mental health reasons for ex physical exhaustion reasons and they have a really hard time mm -hmm. in the grief process because they feel guilty and i wouldn't want my family to experience that yeah so i um, think that's why i'm saying yes i i would go kicking and screaming to a nursing home okay i want to be in my home i want to be comfortable I would try to make all stages of my dying process in home. In home. Do you want hospice care with the goal of keeping you comfortable in your home during the end of life instead of hospitalization? Yes. Yes. That's 100 easy. Easy question for me. Yeah, that's a, that's an easy one. Hospice has so many benefits mm -hmm. for in home care. It's just. And one of the myths is hospice. People only go on hospice if they give up. Or to die faster and that's not true no. many times people actually live longer on hospice care because their pain is managed which means they have an appetite they can eat their mood is better because now that their pain is managed or they're more comfortable that they're awake for their family instead of knocked out on pain meds because they hurt so bad so for me hospice definitely has benefits do you want to take part in making decisions about your health care and treatment yes Yes, for as long as I can, yes. If I have mental impairment, then obviously I can't, but until or if that happens, I want to be part of it. I think I it's important. Yeah, I agree. I don't want secrets kept from me. I want to yeah. know. You, and everyone just gets to be part of the decision, mm -hmm. gets to the acceptance of the decision mm -hmm. as, as a group, as difficult it may be. Um, do you want to be an organ donor at the time of your death? Yes. Hard yes from Donna. Hard yes. That's a, a four or whatever we were doing on our scale. <laughs> this is, these are all fill in the blanks, but absolutely. I want to be able to give back to, to have someone else live if they can, whether it's a cornea, an organ, a skin. I don't care if it can be used. I want it used. Life is so precious. I yeah. want to be able to, to help someone else live. Yeah, it's a way to help. It's a way to help without even having to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I agree. Um, either at time of death or through body donation, I mm -hmm. want to give back mm -hmm. through medical research with my cadaver. So yep. do what you need to do. Yep. All right. So that is, that's the end of the values worksheet. We worked through every question on here mm -hmm. in, in detail. In detail. I got and, to know you a lot better now. Yeah, and I got to know you a lot <laughs> yeah. better. And that's the whole point of this is to be able to get to know at least what your family members or your friends are thinking about. Yeah. So that let's say, you know, we're, we've all we've been talking about a disease or a diagnosis. But what happens if on the way home I'm in a car accident? Yeah. And family has no clue what my thoughts are because we haven't had the discussion. It was an unplanned issue. Now, I'm not. I know I'm not going to get in a car accident on the way home, but let's say I was, 
you know, our fam we don't talk about it because we're waiting for the illness or the diagnosis. So yeah. it's important to have these conversations even when we're not comfortable and, and nothing is going on. I'm not saying every week, but at I, least once in a while, bring them up. And I think to kind of what we were talking about, that these documents change as you go through life. Mm -hmm. So right now you may only be worried about mm -hmm. some traumatic injury on the road. Right. You're not you're not worried about old age or yeah. the threat of illness or the threat of end of life right. as critically. So these documents change. Mm -hmm. So there's no harm in filling them out now because you can always fill another one out always later. Always fill another one out. Yeah. All you do is you rip it up and... <laughs> You start over, and there's lots of worksheets out there. There's lots of websites and, and ways, and even if you get a piece of paper and start writing it down. Um, it, I think it's important to start the conversations. Also, just to let everybody know, I pulled this value worksheet from CompassionAndChoices.org. They have a ton of these toolkits to work through and great questionnaires and research resources about different end of life documents that cover different parts of your healthcare and other parts of your life. So I encourage to read through them um, as much as you can or as much as you'd like to and use them as a springboard for conversation about these topics. All right, thank you so much, everybody. Thank you, have a great night.